The Liberal government has announced a second pause on expanding assisted suicide to the mentally ill. Canada has joined an international organization looking into ways to cut fertilizer emissions worldwide. Friends and family of Richard Bilkstow have set up a scholarship to honor the late Toronto educator and support new teachers entering the field. Hello Canada, it's Friday, February 2nd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The federal government has tabled legislation delaying the expansion of the medical assistance in dying program to people with mental illness by three years. Health Minister Mark Holland and Justice Minister Arif Varani said that the delay to 2027 was introduced to allow time for a parliamentary review to take place. A review to assess its state of readiness will take place in two years. The delay is in response to MPs and senators on a special committee stating that Canada is not prepared to proceed with expansion of the MAID program following an examination of it. We agree with the conclusion that the committee has come to that the system is, at this time, not ready and more time is required, Holland told reporters. Holland responded to the committee by promising new legislation from the Trudeau government to address these concerns, calling for indefinite delay of made for mental illness. The legislative time frame is tight. We recognize that this has to be done in advance of March 17th, he added. I don't see the timeline being a barrier, but we do need to move expeditiously. The Conservatives are supportive of the delay, but they think the eligibility expansion should be scrapped altogether. Personally, I think the Liberals are very well aware that there is a lack of safeguards in terms of properly assessing people with mental illness. We hardly have the capacity of taking care of people with mental illness. It's very hard to get seen by a psychologist or psychiatrist. So how can they ensure that this inadequate system that can't even treat mental illness will properly assess people, whether they're capable of making the decision to undertake assisted suicide? Right, Cosman. So the issues that came up were some doubts around how many trained medical professionals we have in Canada, um, as well as how would these medical professionals distinguish between temporary suicidal ideation or an untreatable mental disorder. Uh, And then another thing is how are we supposed to know or how are the medical professionals supposed to know if someone's condition could improve? So the guidelines needed to be stronger around that. And frankly, a delay of three years is more than I would have expected, though I welcome it. And I do wonder if the international attention on Canada was a factor as well, because we had become the butt of a lot of jokes regarding how, oh, Canada's healthcare system sucks. Well, they'll just made you. Canada has joined a global group to cut fertilizer emissions. Agriculture Minister Lawrence McAuley declared Canada as a founding member of the Efficient Fertilizer Consortium, an initiative spearheaded by the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research. Canada joins a group of 11 other nations, including the United States and United Kingdom. In his announcement, McAuley pledged approximately $1.3 million over four years to support the public-private partnership 
aimed at funding research to curtail fertilizer emissions globally. Canada set a target in 2020 to reduce greenhouse gas emissions associated with fertilizer use by 30% below 2020 levels by 2030. However, questions have arisen regarding the feasibility of this target. While the Canadian government insists the target is voluntary and doesn't mandate farmers to reduce fertilizer use altogether, some researchers argue otherwise. The University of Calgary's School of Public Policy released a report criticizing the voluntary nature of the targets, pointing out that they fail to consider regional conditions and may jeopardize the economic viability of Canadian farmers. According to the report, achieving the 30% reduction target would necessitate drastic cuts in nitrogen fertilizer use. Cosman, last year you wrote The Fertilizer Files, which was a three-part series where you investigated um, fertilizer use in Canada and Agriculture Canada's messaging around that. So what kind of background do we need to know about this new global group to cut fertilizer emissions? Well, I think the main thing is just how poorly the government has communicated its goals to the public and farmers as well. They tell farmers on one hand that they want them to reduce their fertilizer emissions. And at the same time, Agriculture Canada is asking farmers to ramp up production uh, so that Canada can continue to be a leader in the agricultural sector and feed the growing population of the world. So there's just so many conflicting things that Agriculture Canada has put out. Just not too long ago, I reported uh, on a document released by Agriculture Canada in which they said explicitly that they want to see a 30% reduction in fertilizer use, not emissions, but use. And when I approached them, I, I went to ask them like what it was about and whether it was a mistake. They did eventually admit that it was a mistake, but this isn't the first time they've made this mistake. There were deputy ministers that have repeated the same line. There's a lot of questions from um, industry groups about whether the government's intention is to actually reduce the use of fertilizer. And the research does show that you can't really get a reduction in emissions without an accompanying reduction in the usage of fertilizer. And 30% reduction in fertilizer use is a huge difference. It would mean a drastic reduction in revenue for the industry and farmers. It would also mean a drastic reduction in the amount of the food supply. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A scholarship launched to honor the memory of Toronto educator Richard Bilkstow is now up and running, established by friends and family of the principal who took his own life last year. The Richard Bilkstow Award and Scholarship is currently open for applications and seeks to honor exceptional educators and support aspiring teachers. It offers $500 to teachers who demonstrate qualities exemplified by Bilkstow including dedication to excellence in education, a commitment to equality of opportunity, and devotion to students' well-being. 
In tandem, the Richard Bilkstow Scholarship, valued at $1,000, will be awarded to an undergraduate accepted at a Ontario teacher's college with an emphasis on upholding principles such as freedom of expression, quality of opportunity, and excellence. With these awards, we hope to recognize achievement and inspire future leaders in the education profession, both of which were very important causes for Richard, said Natasha Mansouri, chair of the Friends of Richard Bilkstow board. The announcement is accompanied by ongoing controversy about the circumstances surrounding the unfortunate suicide of the Toronto District School Board principal. Controversy arose following Bilkstow's death stemming from a court claim filed in April against the Toronto School Board. Bilkstow alleged abusive treatment, bullying, and harassment by diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer Kika Ojo-Thompson, reportedly hired by TDSB Education Director Colleen Russell-Rollins and her supporters. Audio recordings from April and May 2021 sessions have surfaced supporting Bilkstow's claims. During these sessions, Ojo Thompson repeatedly labeled Bilkstow's criticisms as upholding, quote, white supremacy. So, Lindsay, it's been a while since we touched uh, on this story. What are some of the latest developments in the controversy surrounding uh, Richard Bilkstow's death? Well, in late July, Education Minister Stephen Lecce announced that he was going to do an investigation and a review into the circumstances of Richard Bilkstow's death uh, and what led to it. And so that is not released yet. That report still needs to come out. We should look into that. Um, as True North Sue Ann Levy reported in August, she attended the funeral for Richard Bilkstow. And she noted that not one trustee, except for Wei Dong Pei, um, or member of the executive team from the TDSB, where Bilkstow worked for 24 years, turned up at the funeral to express their regrets. As for Kika Ojo Thompson, in my view, she should have been ran out of town. She should have been shamed into closing down her website forever and seriously rethinking her life and the quote-unquote work that she does. Um, but no, she's still op operational. I don't know what kind of business she's getting, but she's still doing her whole huckstering the DEI lessons thing. But to focus on the positive, you know, this award that the Friends of Richard Bilkstow set up, this is a great initiative, a great way to remember him and remember this story. I guess my only fear would be, you know, for example... An undergraduate accepted at an Ontario teacher's college with an emphasis on upholding principles such as freedom of expression, equality of opportunity, and excellence. I mean, I just hope there are enough candidates who meet that criteria. Even more difficult will be the $500 to teachers who exemplify a commitment to equality of opportunity um, in, the, in the same way that Richard Bilkstow does. Uh, I think we have a real shortage of teachers who are doing that, so... I just hope that year after year there will be enough candidates to qualify for this award. Hopefully, hopefully some teachers will be um, inspired to rethink their pedagogy and be more open-minded and stop committing to just whatever the woke topic of the day is and get back to the principles that matter. 
That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for Off the Record with Candace Malcolm later today and Alberta Roundup with Rachel Emanuel on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. If you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.